Welcome everybody to Three Wide in the Middle, your home for all things racing. With me, my name is Thomas Brandon, and of course, with of course with me as always is my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? Uh, doing good, Tommy. How are you? Doing good, man. So a couple of things happening in the racing world, and we were just talking. I know, I know you're excited to to get things set up with your new your new wheel. Uh, get get ready to race tonight. So, but before we before we can uh get ready for our our sim racing events tonight got a couple of things to cover um first off in the nascar world uh close close finish out of vegas which was a pretty good race from what i saw plus we got the outlaws they had their texas two-step and old wild child jr brought home the win on night number one and then some news out of the f1 world harkening back to what i brought up last week and then we're going to close it out with our thoughts on this weekend's upcoming Shamrock Classic in DuCoin. So before we dive into that stuff, what'd you uh what'd you see of the NASCAR race this last weekend, Keith? Uh I mean, what can you say? The the racing's getting better and better as we keep going. I'm I'm actually excited to sit down and watch NASCAR races again if that makes any sense. I, I'm with you. I I'm with you. It was uh I'm really liking it, man. Um, you know, we said at Daytona, it was nice to see them, some them racing like that at California. You know, we talked about it last week, how, um, it looked good and it, it was, you know, what we were hoping for. Um, but to me, the real test was this last weekend at Vegas, because when it comes to NASCAR, we know that the, you know, a big chunk, you know, the majority of the races are these types of tracks, these intermediate type tracks, you know, where you're looking at you know, 1.2 to, you know, one and a half miles with some kind of dog leg or trioval or something like that. And Vegas was a a good, it did not disappoint. There was, it was good action. Um, saw a couple of people having, having problems. One thing that I noticed, and um, I'm wondering how the teams are going to get around this because these cars are so, um, the aerodynamics on them are so temperamental because of this rear diffuser. And if you, if those things get too high, that diffuser can stall out, which basically is just a fancy way of saying it's not going to work. And so you're seeing, especially at the start of the runs, you were seeing a lot of people, a lot of drivers spinning out. And it looked like the car was bottoming out on cold tires before the pressures came up. And so it was a really fine line um, for a lot of teams. And there was a few that that failed. You know, it ended up costing them where they, they wrecked. And you could see where they were bottoming out on cold tires. Now, Vegas is bumpy. It is a bumpier track compared to most. But that is something that, uh, you know, I know we talked about it before. I, I like that. I like the fact that a driver can spin out on their own. That teams have to push it to that type of edge where you're talking about fractions of an inch, right? That they're trying to, to get that thing dialed in at so they can maximize their speed. Yeah. And I, and I think it brought an edginess back to the, to the NASCAR world, because if you think about it, what was it? Oh, four, Oh five, Oh six. Some cars were always on edge of out of control. Yes. And, and now it's, putting the car back in the driver's hand where they got to step up and actually drive the car. Mm -hmm. Not saying they didn't have to in the past, but 
let's be honest, when you're at Las Vegas last year or two years ago, are you lifting? Probably. Yeah, they basically were holding it wide open. Yeah, yeah. so and, it was nice to see what they did this last weekend. And what I really enjoy with the new car now is I'm always for the underdog. I always like the underdog story. And Eric Jones keeps showing up and keeps showing out other than he, he had a little bit of issues this past weekend at Vegas. He did blew a tire and hit the wall or something happened and GMS is actually showing up. That's what's, that's what's really shocking me right now. Like, wow, they were, they were non-existent for the last crap eight and a half years. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If not longer. I mean, other than Eric Almirola went in a, I'm not going to say a fluke race because it rained. Yeah. But I mean, even then, the past 10 years you don't you don't hear about petties no exactly you don't, hear, you don't hear about any of them and i mean even even with kyle bush it, it's just showing that the car's on edge at all times he had a little bit of issues i think he spun twice mm-hmm. came back almost won the race um what really intrigued me was how it California blowing the tires was an issue. It didn't seem like it was an issue this weekend or this past weekend. No, it didn't. Getting the cars back. So I'm I'm curious to know if they changed anything or if they just went back to the drawing board with the safety crews. Yeah, yeah, they didn't they didn't seem to be having the tire issues. Um but to to bring it to what you're talking about the underdogs, I'm with you, you know. I mean, Ross Chastain finished third, right? Track house oh. racing team. Like I mean, one, that... one point in time I thought yeah. Ross Chastain was going to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was up there in the lead. So, it's really cool to see that, man, to see those guys actually up there in the front and it not be because of a fluke, right? It's not because everybody else went into the pits and they didn't. They just stayed out to get a point for leading the lap. You know what I mean? Like right. that's yeah. all that's all that those guys would ever get back in the day. And now they're actually not just towards the front. They're battling for the lead and potential wins. And I think and if, that is incredible. And if it wasn't for Suarez getting caught up in Chase Briscoe's mess, um I think I think Daniel Suarez would have been up front too. Yes. He was yeah. even having a solid day before that happened. Yes. Exactly. I just love I love the teams because I um I when I raced, I was basically an underdog. You you got a little low budget guy racing against big money, and that's the same thing with them guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have money, but let's let's face it, they're not a Hendrick Motorsports. They're well, yeah, it's box. it's relative. Yes, yes. They have money compared to me and you, but compared to the other race teams oh, yeah. out there. They yeah. they don't they don't they don't have anything. So and, and even with the Bubba Wallace, mm-hmm. it, you can compare that. And I think Bubba Wallace, they just need to start running their cars without the front right front fender. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it is. They they'll rip the fender off, and they're faster than what they were with it. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I yeah. just, I just feel like we're in a good time with NASCAR right now. At first, at the beginning of the season, I was kind of like, uh. I don't know. Now it's starting to, it's starting to win me over because it's putting the cars back in the driver's hands. It's making the racing exciting again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it, it, you know, you saw Christopher Bell, for example, Christopher Bell started on the pole, was fast, had problems, you know, ended up, you know, had flat tires, had to come back and was able to work his way back up and get a top 10. And, you know, 
that you saw that before with the the previous car but it was very rare it was the exception not the rule and now if you can get your car you know if it's not destroyed right if it's still in one piece if it's still good right where all the parts are there the body's there right it's not being held together by duct tape and you haven't gone multiple laps down you have a shot at a good finish still if you if you can wheel it i mean you know we know christopher bell you know you look at a young talent i mean he's one of those rising stars and so i think that you know the ability to be able to come back from from in race mistakes and seeing these these guys these underdogs these you know what you would call um, budget teams have the opportunity to actually compete i think it's been awesome and look the cream is still rising to the top which is you know why alex bowman won the race that'd be the you know kyle larson was second it was uh you know we we go into overtime and we have this shootout the last couple of laps and bowman was able to get the win over larson and you're talking about you know two of the best in the business right now so and and not to not to mention they they were on two tires. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I if mean, it had been a couple more laps, the four tire guys would have gotten them. Yeah, and I think so too, because I mean even earlier in the race when guys were taking two tires, I think it was Keselowski and and someone else, and Keselowski didn't really drop. I mean he eventually wrecked, and I think it was because of taking two tires. Yes. But yeah, uh, the guy that the other driver that took two tires, he dropped like a rock mm-hmm. and i just alex bowman's crew chief he 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 needs some type of a an award for that because it paid off and it paid off in a big way and then and then of course after the race you get a lot of shade thrown to bowman from kyle bush but i i think bowman deserved it because bowman is a wheel man bowman yes. will drive the wheels off a car he just has he He's a lot like me and me and you per se came from nothing. Yeah. He didn't buy his ride. He didn't pay for it. He worked for it. Yep. Cause what was it? Five years ago, six years ago, he was driving for Tommy Baldwin. Yeah. He, w- yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't have that fast track glory, no. you know, road to NASCAR cup. He, he's one of the guys that came from nothing to something. And, and I, I feel like Alex Bowman's on the verge of a breakout year. May not be this year, but I I definitely think it's coming for him. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, he had a had a uh, rough start to the season so far in terms of you know Daytona and uh, and that might Montana, be me being, that were you know and, in the twenties, but yeah, yeah, and that that might be me being biased because he's giving back to the dirt racing community. Well, it it might be that, but also I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's good. I I, I do. I mean, yeah. I think he's good. Uh, yeah, he, you know, if he wasn't good, he wouldn't be driving for Hendrick. Exactly. That that's the thing. You know. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I mean, and me and a friend of mine got in an argument over him, and I was like, dude, if he wasn't good, Dale Jr. would have handpicked him to take over his car. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, That's the thing. You have some talent there. If mm-hmm. if you're being handpicked by Dale Jr. and Hendrick, Rick Hendrick is saying, yeah, let's put him in the car. Yes. You have something. Exactly. And it, and it wasn't deep pockets because he, he didn't have nothing. No. Yep, you're right. You're absolutely right. So, so yeah, it was a... Definitely another good race. Uh, got Phoenix coming up this next week, which will obviously be another one to to look at. Um, you know, one of the things that I the 
we talked about the you know the first five to six weeks were going to be really the kind of the telltale signs as to what we would be seeing and you know this coming week we've got phoenix which is obviously you know it's a it's a one mile track and then after phoenix we're going to atlanta and atlanta is going to be interesting just because of the reconfiguration but also if i'm remembering correctly i believe they're running the high downforce low horsepower package there on that track so i can't remember yeah and so i know that that's going to be something that i mean obviously i just want to you know i'm going to be interested in it because of the reconfiguration but if they do change the package i'm going to be curious to see how that works to be honest i would much rather them run the, the the high horsepower low downforce but regardless it'll be it'll be cool to see how these cars are at the shorter track and then you know what'll happen here at atlanta um, yeah with with uh with and, the, the the new configuration and i really i think phoenix is going to be a really good race i really do i i feel like this new car is is built well for the short track slash road course not saying that i guess phoenix really ain't a short track anymore it don't race like it anymore like it no. used to yeah um, no but I mean, you're still going to be using a lot of brake and the, yes. and the new big rotors, and it'll help. And I just I think you're going to see guys driving the car in deeper because you the stopping ability is a lot better than the old car. Yes. But I I'm more excited to see it go to a true short track. I want to see what it runs at Bristol or. or yeah, I, I I'm yeah. really looking forward to that too. Yeah, you know. Well, and then you know after Atlanta they go to Coda, and. I, you know, I'm not huge into NASCAR road racing, right? When it comes to road racing, you know, circuit racing, I would much rather watch something like Formula One or IndyCar or even like a GT3 or something like that because yeah. those are circuit cars. Um, NASCAR, I've always kind of been against it in terms of road racing. But, you know, I was talking to a buddy of mine, uh, Jeremy Weigel and we were talking about this cup car because um, you know in in our world in the sim racing world one thing that we've been noticing is it's like hey you know the the truck and the Xfinity car are actually faster than this cup car at the same track and Jeremy said yeah. something which was 100% true he said well that's because those cars are built to turn left where this cup car is is a road racing car on a circle track and so I'm wanting to see how these things are actually going to be at a place like Coda to see if the racing is that much better. And and I think I said it in a previous podcast. It it almost looks like they set the next gen car next to a Trans Am car and was like, all right, let's replicate that into what we want. And exactly. What, yeah. It, it looks like a it. like a Trans Am or a Austral you know the Australian supercar or whatever it yeah. is. You know, what I mean? the big old funky spoiler on yep. the back of it. Mm-hmm. it that, that's what it really reminds me of. So I guess we're just going to have to wait to see what it looks like and what it drives like on a road course. I yeah. assume it, it's going to be pretty good because of, I mean, let's face it, that's what they built it for. Or they wouldn't have, what is it, six or seven road courses on the, yes. On the schedule. Yes. Well, it's going to definitely be better than the previous generation's car. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Those were, not, those were absolutely. definitely not built for road. And, so. and why we're, why we're on the subject of NASCAR, I want to, I want to touch on the Xfinity race. Um, NASCAR needs to go back to the drawing board on how guys can obtain racing credentials. Cause there's a, there's an Xfinity racer 
that started a new team with Emmett Smith, and it's two weeks in a row now where he's caused a major crash. And I feel like NASCAR needs to either A, set him down, or B, be like, look, you got to go run some more K&N stuff, because he didn't run very many K&N stuff. He jumped in a truck and, I guess, impressed a couple people. Impressed Emmett Smith, of course. Yes. And started this Xfinity team. And, man, he he tore up a lot of cars last weekend. And I just I wanted to touch on it. And, and I would love to see NASCAR, I don't want to say suspend the guy because of it, but they've got to, if you're, if you're wanting to say this is the top forms of motorsports, well, we need the top dr- drivers, not somebody that just basically – teamed up with somebody with deep pockets to field a car. Yeah. I'm with you on that. You know, you're, you're talking about basically what's considered the minor leagues for the cup series. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to, to, it would be, it would be like, it would be like me and you coming up off the street and saying, Oh, we're going to go Xfinity racing and tear up a bunch of cars and, and take out some prominent race winning cars during Mm -hmm. the race. And that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Or, and it and it did happen. I just I, I don't know. It, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I and I and I'm with you because you don't want to see that. I understand why NASCAR has kept it the way they've kept it. You know, I, Ricky Rudd tells a story that you know the, how he got started in NASCAR. He was just like a regular, you know, short track local driver, and he saw a. Uh, a truck that had a bumper sticker that said, if you want to race, Daytona's the place. And so he packed up his stuff and took his car to Daytona, and then he's running it yeah. at the 500. And, I mean, I get it. You know, back in the day, you could do that. You, anybody could just show up and run. And so I, I get that aspect of NASCAR. You know, if you've got the money to do it and stuff like that, you know, you can get in there and get the, get the you know, the re- get registered and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm with you at the same sense, if, especially if you're saying that if the, the push that they've had for safety, right? If this is going to be also, you know, we want to keep it safe. We want the best drivers out there. There does need to be some form of uh, control in terms of, you know, how yeah. you progress up, right? Like, and and oh, I, I want to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt because he he's raced from some crappy teams in the Xfinity series. He raced a handful of races last year and they, they basically start and parked. So I, I I try not to be so judgmental at the beginning of the year, but when you when you cause a major crash at Daytona, he caused another one at a auto club and then again at Vegas. It's kinda like, ah, I don't know if he belongs yeah. here. But maybe once when he maybe he just needs to get his feet wet. I don't I don't truly I truly don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough, man. That's really tough, dude. You know, if you look at F1, you know what F1 does, like you have to have so many uh, hours or miles. I can't remember what it is driving, you know, racing, you have to progress up through, then you have to have so many laps in an actual F1 car, but you know, it can't be, it's not in a race. It has to be testing and practice. That means you have to find a team who will let you drive their car you know, to, to get those hours. So obviously you have to be a prominent enough driver that they might want to bring you up one day. Like it's this whole process. So that's why when those guys do get up there, you know, you don't see, um, a lot of those issues. Yes. We, there are the exceptions to the rule. 
um, you know, that bringing us to what we were going to talk about, you know, Nikita Mazepin or AKA Mazespin, right? Where, yeah, he meet those qual he met those qualifications and got the ride because of the money that he could bring to bear, but he still had to get through the qualifications field to get around the track. And so NASCAR, you know, whether they look at tightening up or something like that, um, you know, if this continues, I imagine if it does continue, I mean, if he, you know, for six races of the year, he's caused a big accident. I would imagine NASCAR would do something. You would have to eventually, because you would think the out roar from the other drivers would eventually, you know, be like, Hey, what, the, what are we doing here? Right? Like we can't have the same person wrecking us every single week. So yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Cause you're right. Maybe he just needs to get his feet wet. Maybe he needs more experience. You know, it's hard, well, hard to know, but and when you go from, I'm going to say a super low budget team that could barely make a show and barely keep up with the pack of Daytona to maybe a car that he's in now that's got just a little better motor in it. Mm -hmm. Maybe he just ain't used to it. I don't know. It just it, it perked my attention when I seen it. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one, too. But moving over, I talked about it last week with all this stuff from the world going on with Russia and Ukraine. We were seeing some fallout in the Formula One world. I talked about how I thought Nikita Mazepin would probably be replaced. Yuralkali, um, the sponsor that was brought on, which was a Russian sponsor, the owner of that company is Mazepin's father. Mazepin's father, um, I do not know his name. Um, he, from my understanding, is in the inner circle of Vladimir Putin. I know whether or not this is true. I don't know. This is just stuff that I've heard from other news sources. Um, from my understanding, he was one of the people like there was a group that had actually met with Putin before all this went down, whether or not he's a part of it. I have no clue, but because of that and the fallout that Haas was seeing and not just Haas, and this is something that a lot of people don't think of when you are sponsoring a car or when you are a part of something, Okay, the the bottom line is, is you are now guilty by association. Okay, so for example, if you are, you know, sponsoring the Haas F1 team and you've got this Russian company, your alkali, right? And they've got all these ties to, to Russia and Vladimir Putin and you don't like what, what Russia is doing right now. And let's say you're Coca-Cola, okay? How long is it before people start looking at Coca-Cola the same way that they're looking at your alcohol? Like you're guilty by association. Whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, it does not matter. That's the world that we live in. With the with society the way that it is today, right? They always talk about the cancel culture. Everybody is looking for a target. Now, I am not defending your alkali or, or anything like that. I'm just telling you that Haas was getting a lot of negative feedback, not just from the fans of F1, but also from the other sponsors. And so they dropped your alkali and then they dropped Nikita Mazepin. Now, Mazepin has come out. He had said that he was willing to do all the stuff that he needed to do to stay on the team. One of the things that um, a lot of people don't understand about F1 or they don't fully understand about F1 is, is you can buy a ride into F1, meaning if you can bring a lot of money to the table and you are a capable driver, you might not be the best, but you are a capable driver, teams will put you in. Because in F1, every team has two drivers. 
All right, so Haas, for example, they've got Mick Schumacher, right? We're talking Michael Schumacher's dad, who many Michael Schumacher is considered by many to be the GOAT, right? The greatest of all time in the world of F1. His son is a prodigy, right? I mean, he is a legit driver. It's He does not just have the name. He has the skill to go with it. And he is a very good driver. So Haas looked at it as a business opportunity. When you are trying to compete with teams that are spending hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Like you look at a Mercedes or a Red Bull or a Ferrari, right? They've got thousands and thousands of employees and Haas is operating on, you know, a fraction of that. If you have somebody who can bring that kind of money to the table, well, you put them in your your car, right? If they want a seat, you can put them in your seat. And that's what they did. Well, without the money, okay, without the sponsor, there's no need for the driver. And that's basically what has happened here. If Mazepin was a accomplished driver who showed them phenomenal results last season, I have no doubt that he would still be in the car. All right, even with all of the the noise and everything that's coming from it because he was, like I said, willing to make the changes, which was, you know, basically be considered a neutral driver. He wasn't going to be considered, you know, from Russia, right? There's all these different stipulations that they had for it where he could keep his licensing licensing and stuff like that. Um, if he had done better than a 14th place finish last year, that was his best uh, finish. Um, Haas probably would have kept him. Um, but the bottom line is, is they got rid of the sponsor. There is some impending, uh, or I should say pending uh, litigation coming. Yurakulai says that Haas owes them money now that they want a refund. Haas is saying that they did not pay what they said they paid, that it's only a fraction. So, of course, that's going to have to get settled out in court. It shouldn't affect the F1, the Haas F1 team. Gene Haas has more than enough money to cover it. Um, I'm sure he knew that when all of this came in. Um, so that will be settled whenever it gets settled. But Mazepin is out. And there was a lot of rumors floating around about who Haas would look to put in the car. Now, one of the things that Haas has been dealing with and all the teams have been dealing with is the new car that they've got this season, right? So just like NASCAR, F1 brought out an entirely new car, right? Um, completely different than what they've been running. Right, different wings, different, you know, it, this one's got ground effects on it. So, I mean, you, when you talk about aerodynamics, when you go from something without ground effects to ground effects, it is a huge change, huge change. And Haas wanted an experienced driver that could help with not only the development of the car, but also the development of their young up-and-coming driver, Mick Schumacher. And so they brought back Kevin Magnuson. Um, Kevin Magnuson, for those of you guys who know, he was part of the Haas F1 team. Um, he left, uh, what was it, two two seasons ago. Um, him and Roman Grosjean were teammates. They both went out together. Grosjean went out a couple races early after his wreck, obviously. But uh, Magnuson went out at the end of the 2020 season. And they have brought him back. So Magnuson will be running for Haas again this season. And hopefully... Um, They'll be able to have some better results than they had last year. So yeah, as I talked about last week, I said I thought Mazepin would be out. Mazepin is out. And in terms of the upcoming litigations between Yorakali and Haas, we'll have to wait and see what happens. So let me ask you this, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not big into the Formula One just because I mean it's on at odd times and I Yes. I've never really paid attention to it. Do you think Stuart Haas will ever be competitive in Formula One? Like, what will it take, do you think? 
I actually do. And the the reason why is Haas has shown glimpses of it. You know, they really had. So in 2018, was it 2018? It must have been 2018 and 2019. They had showed glimpses of it and they had started off the season really strong where they were they were basically like the top dogs in the midfield and for those of you who don't follow f1 that much right um and i know there's a ton of people who have gotten more into f1 because of the next Lick show especially here in america and uh the f1 the f1 drive to survive show on netflix has brought a ton of american people to formula one which is great um in fact i just heard that the upcoming um, Grand Prix in Florida, F the F1 race in Florida, that the, the prices of those tickets are comparable to Super Bowl tickets, which is insane when you think about it. But that is what has happened. There's been an explosion here in America. So for those of you who are newer to the sport and you don't, you know, you haven't followed it in deeply and you're just now getting involved with it. There's basically the way that it works, and with the new regulations, it, it, they are, they're clamping down on this, so it's their hope is that it'll get rid of this. But previously, what you had was is you had tiers when it came to the different teams. Basically, you had the top teams, and those were considered to be the teams who could win races consistently and win the championships. And for the last couple of seasons, it's basically been Mercedes and Red Bull. Ferrari was in the mix there for a little bit. And then after the whole thing with their engine happened in 2019, I want to say, um, they fell off really, really hard. Now, they made it, they started making a comeback last year. But before that, um, they had kind of been up and down. So it was really just Mercedes and Red Bull. If you weren't on one of those teams, to those two teams, your chances of winning the race were slim, right? You had to have something happen to those top drivers and your chances of winning a championship were even slimmer. And so what you have is that what they call the midfield. And you'll always hear them talk about the battle for the midfield. And this is where you had teams like Renault, Haas, McLaren, um, Ferrari was in there, you know, when they, when they were struggling. Uh, Aston Martin, Alpine, right? Uh, Alfa Romeo, right? Williams. These are the, the teams that you would call the midfield. These are the lower budget teams that don't have the resources the top teams do. And they're basically trying to be what they call the best of the rest. There was a time where Haas was that. They finished, I want to say, fourth in the points. Let me look it up real quick because they had a fourth place standing, I want to say, um, it was fourth or fifth, which is in which is absolutely incredible for that team. Um, 2019. No, 2018. In 2018, they finished they finished fifth in the uh in the in the constructors championship. So it was Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull, Renault, and then Haas, right? Now that was only they'd only been around for not very long. I mean, they've, they've, they've only been in um, F1 for a few years. Okay. They came in and what was it? I, their first year was 2016. And so they had made some big strides for as small as they were. And they showed glimpses. They really did. 
and then they had just a massive fall off. And what had happened was, is they had this big fall off. They were struggling, and they basically what we would what we would call in sports, right? Where they basically started tanking where they were putting all of their resources to this new car, right? Like, so last year they basically did not even, they were not even really trying to compete for, for wins or points last season. Last season, they weren't focusing on the current car. They were focusing on this new car that they were going to, right? Research and development. That's what they were doing, investing in the future. And right now, obviously it's gotten off to a fairly rocky start because of everything that's happened. Um, but that being said, they've shown glimpses. I do think they, they have the capability with these new regulations and the caps on the money because F1 has really went to a model that it reminds me of the NFL. And what I mean by that is it's, it's meant to, to lower the top and raise the floor. Right. It's trying to instead of you instead of having these, you know, these one or two, maybe three amazing teams with five middle of the road teams and two just on the bottom. It's trying to make everybody this level of, you know, mediocrity. Right. Obviously, they're not mediocre, but that's where they're trying to get it right. They want this parity. And so. If you are one of the top teams last year, you are limited in your wind tunnel testing and your CAD testing, where if you were towards the bottom, right, you get more of it. Um, you know, it's like the NFL. If you finish at the bottom of the standings, you get to you get to be first in the draft. You know what I mean? So that's the way that they've kind of redone things. And so I think it's going to open up for more of these midfield teams to kind of have a chance to um, move their way up. You know, and I do think I do think Haas has an opportunity to do that. It's not off to a great start, but I do think they can do that in the future. Yeah, I, I just I wasn't sure if they were considered like the Rick Ware of Formula One. Yeah, like, you know, it's it, like I sat down and watched. I sat down and watched the Netflix series, and it it was really good. I was very impressed with it, and it just seemed like anytime they showed Haas, they were struggling, and then they'd run real well and then they'd be running well and something dumb would happen. Yes. Well, you know, for us as Americans, right, wanting to root for an American team, you know, Haas is your only choice. Okay? Like that that's it. There's no other American teams in Formula 1. Now, there was I shouldn't say there was, there is um a push from Andretti. Michael Andretti is trying to get into Formula One. He did put in um, an application. As far as I know, um, his goal was to, I want to say, be in by the 2024 season. But from my understandings of it, that has been denied. Now, there's been other rumors that they that they're trying to um, potentially buy into other uh, teams that have been up for for purchase. Um, whether or not that happens, I I don't know. You know, so right now, you know, the only one that we've got is is Haas, and you know, could they um, could they you know draw in some some bigger sponsors, bigger money, you know, to get more resources. 
um, you know, and and improve. Uh, absolutely, you know, um, it's it's a but as you know, it's a tough thing to do, right? You know, trying to um, attract those big sponsors. You know, it, there's only so many of them that are going to be involved in something like Formula One, right? So, you you have got to take them from the other teams, right? Like if you want a big sponsor, right? You got to, you got to get it from, from one of the other teams, unless there's some new company that comes out that all of a sudden has got billions of dollars that they just want to start putting into racing. And those don't, those are not just sitting around, you know, waiting to put their names on a car. And the problem is, is that, you know, success is what attracts those sponsors. If you can sponsor an F1 team, are you going to go to the struggling team at the bottom? Or are you going to go and say, hey, man, I, I, I'm really liking what old Red Bull's doing over here. Let, let's 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 sponsor them. Right. It's just the you know, I mean, it, it it's the term that gets thrown around a lot in society, but it's it's true in racing as well. And you know this, right? The rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Right. When you start doing good, you start succeeding and that money's coming in. It makes it much easier to bring more in and do even better. And so Haas is kind of in they're kind of in limbo right now, I guess would be the best way to put it. And it'll be interesting to see um, what happens this season. I'm hoping that they have a good season. Um, you know, I think for them, if they can finish, you know, I think sixth would be amazing would be incredible based on how they did last year i think six would be amazing um anything anything above that is just gravy so we'll see it'll be interesting to see what happens they're testing today um right now they are in bahrain uh the first race is here in just a couple of weeks and so i'm i'm really looking forward to it it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these new with how these how everything's in a race with these new regulations Yeah, I can't really comment on it because I haven't paid attention to it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard. It's hard for people to. It's hard for people here in America to watch, and that's understandable. You know, I mean, I, for example, I wake up, you know, even on Sunday mornings, which is technically my day off, but I wake up at, you know, three o'clock in the morning. I, I wake up at three a.m. seven days a week, and I start working. You know, immediately after that, I'm I'm at my desk with my coffee and I'm starting to work. And a lot of times at three something in the morning, the F1 race is literally starting or it, it's it's ending. Right. Like, I mean, there's sometimes where, you know, they're when they're over in the Far East or something like that, they're they're 12, 14 hours ahead. So it's very tough for people to follow over here, especially, yeah. you know, if you're if you're in the Midwest or the West Coast, it makes it really, really hard to follow. And, and when they come to the United States this year, I'm going to try my damnedest to watch it yes because i mean the racing is exciting for the most part from what i've from what i've watched in the past but mm -hmm. it's always been hard for me to sit down and watch formula one racing because it's a different type of racing it is it's 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 very different racing it's very different racing it's definitely not what we're used to no it's not it's not um i i enjoy formula one um, I always enjoyed it. I've, I've talked about this before. I, you know, that was one of the things that I used to love as a kid. I loved circuit racing. I mean, I, I loved all racing and, you know, I didn't know, obviously as a little kid, you don't really know much. You just see these awesome cars driving around. Um, I was a huge, um, Senna fan. I loved art and Senna. I used to have a race set 
you know, like the slot cars. I had a slot car set, and my my car that I was was always it was Art and Senna when he was the the McLaren car that marble you know white and red paint scheme like that was my car. I always was like I loved Senna, and as I got older and it just and I started to understand more about it. Right, I'm compre I'm not just watching this, these cool awesome cars fly around the track now. I'm starting to understand more about the the financial side and the teams and stuff. And you start seeing the same teams over and over until, you know, now I'm, you know, in high school and, and, you know, getting out of high school and stuff. And it's like, Oh, wow. Schumacher won again. Yeah. You know, like, okay, so there's been 20 races and this guy's won 19 of them. That's great. You know what I mean? Like it just got to a point where it was always the, it was always the same person. It was always the same. You like, you knew who was going to win before the race started. And that just really turned me off. And I think, and I think that's why I never really watched it because it was always about Hamilton. Hamilton wins this time and wins that time. And it, it just gets boring. Yes. Watching the same person win every race, every championship. It just, it's never really piqued my interest because of that. No, I, back in the day when Michael Schumacher was racing, I, I watched what I could when I could, mm-hmm. but I was younger. I was still in school. So it was really yes. hard to mm-hmm. convince myself to stay up that late. Yeah. Only no, because, a lot I mean, of... when you're in, when you're in school mode, you're in school mode and you're, oh, you're exactly. not yeah. staying up till two, three o'clock in the morning to, to watch a race, but exactly. I would highlights and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yes, exactly. That's what I would say. I would see highlights. A lot of times I might watch a replay. Cause you know, back then we had all them weird cable channels that we, would you know most if you told kids nowadays about the the tv channels that we had back then and and how you had to actually watch a show at a certain day and time otherwise you would miss it forever like no one would understand that but you know we had appointment viewing back then you know occasionally you'd catch the replays of it but yeah i and i i was the same way man and i i just i just got it just got repetitive to me you know after Schumacher's run, you know, you like I like you said, you know, Lewis Hamilton Hamilton picked up. I remember in the beginning when Hamilton was at was it McLaren, you know, that was about the time that I started to stop watching. Um, you know, I wasn't following it as much. And then, you know, through the years, um, I when I was working at the casino, one of the guys I worked with was a huge F one fan and um, it was like a running joke. He would come in on Mondays to work and I would be like, Hey, who won the race Hamilton. And he'd just be like, yep. You know I mean? Like it was like a joke. Like I, I knew who won. I didn't have to even watch the race. And, yeah, uh, and it just was, like you said, it just got kind of repetitive. And that's not fun to me. Like I watch, I like watching exciting races where they're, you don't know who's going to, and kind of like a super speedway race. Yes. I mean, anybody in the field has a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And, and then you turn on a formula one race and you can damn near say, uh, he's he's won and we ain't even started yet. Yes, yeah. So that was that was the thing for me. I think the last few years, you know, I got back into Formula One because of sim racing. Um, I got really back into it with the the Netflix show. Like I had already started to get back into it before that show, and then when I watched that, and then I got that because that got me caught back up on all the drivers. You know, I hadn't been into it in years. I didn't know a lot of these guys. You know, so that kind of got me back into who everybody was. And now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm back in, I I love it. And the last couple of years, the racing has been much better. You know, Hamilton obviously was still dominant. He didn't win the championship last year. Verstappen did, but 
for the you know the last couple seasons was the first time where you could go into races and it wasn't you know it wasn't just a foregone conclusion that this was the guy going to win. Like Hamilton was the favorite at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you know, he qualifies good and he's the favorite, but there was, you had three legitimate teams that could win, you know, for, for a couple years there with Red Bull, Ferrari and uh, Mercedes. So it'll be interesting to see how this year pans out. I'm really looking forward to it with these new regulations. I'm hoping it's going to be something similar to, to NASCAR where we've seen, you know, a lot of these, these lower level teams, you know, have these amazing finishes and they're not flukes. Like the guys can get up there and wheel. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to Bahrain. It's going to be a fun race. Yeah. And like I said before, I can't really comment on it. <laughs> That's all right. That's just, all right. I'm in the dark when it comes to formula. One. That's all right. Well, speaking of something you can comment on, we'll wrap the show up with this today. Uh, the world of outlaws were, at Cotton Bowl Speedway last weekend, we talked about it on the podcast that, that they were going to be running that night on last week's pod. Um, had the Texas two-step at Cotton Bowl and some pretty amazing racing. Now, that's a track that I actually, that's one of the tracks that I would like to go to. I have a list of dirt tracks that I would like to go see one day. Um, I told my wife and she's not exactly, she's not exactly thrilled of this prospect, but I told her that one day I, when I'm when I'm older and I've got we've got the money that I want to get a motorhome and just go hit every dirt track that I've ever wanted to go to, and the Cotton Bowl Speedway that's one of them that I that I've always wanted to go to just because I think it's such a unique track, right? I mean, you look at it, it is kind of like a bowl, um, the way that that it is that a way the way that it's set up. And night number one was a was a fun one. Uh, Sheldon Hodenshield got the win. There was an incredible battle there where you had four or five cars up there all battling with, um, Hodenshield, uh, Brad Sweet was up there. Um, and, uh, oh God, why can't I remember his name? Um, McFadden. And then McFadden had the, uh, the flat tire, unfortunately. And, uh, Hodenshield got the win. And then night number two, it was Carson Macedo. So Macedo had, hadn't had the start this season that he had last season, um, but came out and made up for it uh, with the win in night number two at uh, the Texas two-step. Did you happen to see any of these? I watched a little bit of the highlights from when Sheldon won. Just because Sheldon won, I mean, yeah. usually when Sheldon wins, it's, it's something exciting happened, and it it was a really good race from what I've seen. Um, night two, I kind of I picked apart the highlights a little bit, and it it looked like it was still a really good show, and I'm not surprised that Carson Macedo won because he's he's pretty good, and and he's he has started really slow, slower than mm -hmm. last year. Yes, and 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 usually takes you couple times to get the rust knocked off get your sea legs underneath you to get back into a good flow and when he gets in a flow he he'll he'll kick off a couple wins here and there and uh i did just first time in my life i looked at the standings and brad sweet's not leading so yeah exactly <laughs> the exactly. tides have turned mm -hmm. the tides have turned i think yep but it's uh, uh, they got 87 more races to go so i mean yeah they do <laughs> they do. Yeah, they do. I mean, that being said, you know, I mean, Brad Sweets, uh, you've got in the points lead right now is David Gravel, uh, Sheldon Hodenshield, 
is in second and he's 16 points behind Johnny shots is also 16 points behind in third, but Sheldon Hodgenshield's got the tiebreaker cause he's got one win. And then you've got Brad sweet and James McFadden um, in fourth and fifth, and they're 32 points behind. So the points are still fairly tight right now because it is early in the season, but yeah, David gravel is the points leader right now. And, you know, we talked about it before the season started, you know, gravel was somebody that we thought, Definitely had a very good shot at winning. I still think that Hodden Shield is going to be the one to pull it off this year. Um, you know, I could be wrong on that. I mean, he's definitely off to a, a good start so far. I mean, he's the first multiple win victor uh, winner of the season. Yeah. So and and a lot like last year, as long as he doesn't cool off at the wrong time. Yes. I think he will have a really good shot at winning the championship. I mean. It's really hard in racing to once when you get hot to stay hot because the competition is so damn tight in the outlaws. Like mm-hmm. any given night, you could you could pick five or six drivers to win or or one driver to win, and he may not win for two months and then yeah. get on a hot streak and come out of nowhere and then cool off real quick. And a lot like Brad Sweet's been doing, he's when he gets hot, he usually stays hot and then it's game over. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's so hard to say who's going to win the championship. Usually about, I don't know, 20, 30 races in, you get a good idea of your 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 top five. Yeah, I usually think somewhere around June, you know, about the yeah. about the time they get to, you know, where they start getting into the summer of money. That's usually where you've got a pretty good idea of who's, who's going to be the ones to, to the, do it. The cream will always rise to the top. Yes, absolutely. It, it is, Sometimes you start a little slower, and Brad Sweet started a little slower this year. But granted, they've only raced five races, so mm-hmm. yeah. So, and you know what? I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if Donnie Shots were to pull it off this year. Neither. Um, that guy never ceases to amaze me. I've never seen somebody who can consistently start in the back and make his way to the top five. I've never seen anybody do it is, is uh, it seems like almost every race that I'm watching now, him and, he starts in the back and he's, then he, he works his way up to fifth. Him and Brady Bacon, both yeah. somehow they both do it. Like I've watched Brady Bacon junk a car in a heat race, starting the last in the B main transfer out of the B main start damn near last in the feature. And next thing you know, he's racing for the podium and it's like, what the hell exactly Where'd that come from? I yeah. just, not everybody can do that. No, it no, absolutely not. But shots does it, man. He does yeah. it every time. It's like, dude, if you could qualify and run a heat race good, you'd be winning the championship, man. Yeah. It's almost like he's like, guys, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stay low and, and low and slow, come out yeah. of nowhere. Here. Yep, I'm just gonna I'm gonna see if I can make things difficult for us tonight. Let's make the season exciting. Yeah. Let's yeah. start off by doing all this real quick. Yep. God, so It'll be interesting to see what happens this season. But yeah, congrats to Shelton Hodgenshield on his win on night number one and Carson Macedo on night number two. So before we wrap things up this weekend, we do have the last indoor race of the year. And the midgets are going to be running the Shamrock Classic at Ducoin. Um, They've got 42 signed up for it, uh, 42 entries. Um, It'll be running... Tomorrow night and Saturday night at the time of recording this is Thursday, so it'll be running Friday and Saturday. And they've got the they've got some of the the, the heavy hitters are coming out, right? You've got, you know, Justin Grant, McIntosh, Measure All, you know, Brady Bacon, 
Coons, you know, we got a lot of the top guys are going to be there. So question for you, Keith, who do you think is going to win the Shamrock Classic this weekend in DuCoin? Mm, man, that's a tough one because there's two people I can think of that I want to say. But to pick from the two, it's hard. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the the whim here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tmes gets it done. Damn it, that was gonna be my pick. <laughs> that was gonna be my pick. Yeah, I think Tmes gonna get it done too. But I'll because you picked him, I will pick someone else. I'm gonna actually go with Justin Grant. See that that that's who my other guy was because yeah. <laughs> they're so hard to root against and exactly and for because they're they're so strong in midget racing. Mm -hmm. They are they are they're so they're so good in it. And then in in indoor racing alone, Justin Grant's about as dominant as them all. He just has a little tough luck here and there. But mm -hmm. when you show up for indoor season, he's yes. the guy that you point at and say, "We don't we don't keep him held down. We're screwed this weekend." Yes. And then, and then you look at his teammate, Timaz, and it's like, well, it's a one-two punch over there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I think I'm, that's I'm, I think that's going to be the the two to to look at. I'm going to call it now, and I think the USAC midget champion comes from that RMS team, whether it be Justin Grant or Timaz. But I think I think Justin Grant will win the championship this year at midgets for sure. I I I think so too. I got to tell you, I if Timez could be just a little bit more consistent, yeah, because the guy is an absolute wheel man, dude. He's on consistent. the throttle, yeah, but his consistency is just not him. there, yeah. And it killed him last year. He ripped mm -hmm. off some big wins, and it was like, well, that's kind of pointless because I've been so inconsistent this year. Yeah, that it, it don't really help me, and that sucks to say because Timez, you give him a power wheel and send him out there, and he'll he'll rip the top off of it. Yes, exactly. But yeah, if he could just be a little bit more consistent because there, he's got those races where, you know, those nights where he doesn't have the car to win, right? He's, he's not, he's not the fastest out there. He doesn't have the car to win. And instead of settling in and getting that sixth place finish, that's where he's pushing that thing beyond the edge. And then, you know, something happens. It's yep. not always his fault. He's got bad luck, but then something happens, jumps the cushion or, you know, whatever. And, and, and anybody that knows dirt track racing knows that if team has a struggle and he's going to wreck the car trying. Exactly. Yeah. That's when he's going to push it even and, harder. And it might be a bad mindset to have, but that's just how he is. That's how he's raced. For, that's how he's raced forever. That's yeah. that's how he's raced forever. When we were racing against Thomas Meserol back when I was doing midgets on uh, USAC Western States and BCRA, we raced against Thomas Meserol. He was the same way then. I mean, he was the exact same way then. He ain't changed. So, but I mean, there's a reason why he keeps getting top well, notch rides. Exactly. There's a reason why he gets top notch rides, and there's a reason why he wins the races he wins. The guy can drive. Yeah. He's an absolute. He can absolutely well, drive. And 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 a good staple to that is. Look at the last year's midget week here in Indiana at Paragon. Mm -hmm. Curb was, it looked like it's 10 foot tall. And where was Tom Timez? Yep. <laughs> Ripping the curb down. Yep. And he eventually caught um, McIntosh. And it showed that, hey, I'm a veteran. I can do some things that you can't do yet. And, and it showed. And, and that's just how Timez is. That's yeah. how Timez is all will always be. That's how I always look at him. Like, yeah, he might be struggling, 
but he'll 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 drive the damn wheels off that car till either a it blows up or he wrecks it or gets wrecked. Yes, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he is the one driver. I shouldn't say the one, but he is one of those drivers that no matter what kind of um funk he's in or you know cold streak he's having, he can still pop off a win. Right, things might have been bad, but he can still pop off a win at, at any given night because he's got that yeah. kind of ability. And then, and then he just keeps you on your toes, like you can't count me out. No, you exactly. Just, and anytime he shows up, it, it's hard to root against him because he'll put a show on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that's our pick. So I got Justin Grant. You got Timez. We'll have to see what happens uh, this weekend at DeCoin. Should be pretty. Should be pretty fun, man. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, the last indoor race of the year, and then here we here in just a couple of weeks we finally get to finally get to have some more dirt racing besides just the outlaws so i'm really looking forward to that it's exciting yeah and i and i want to give a good luck uh shout out out to rylan gray because i think he's going to do coin um hopefully yeah actually i think he is going to do coin too yeah good call on that i do think he is going to do coin now that you mention it so yeah shout out to my boy rylan hopefully he has a hopefully he has another good run and then uh, before we end the end the show, I just want to throw some prayers out to David Gill on racing. Uh, their transporter driver was killed the other night in a fiery crash involving their hauler. Oh man, I did not hear that. Yeah, absolutely, condolences. I did not hear that, man. Yeah, they they were involved in a bad wreck, and it looked like the the transporter itself burnt pretty bad, and oh, it, it, it looked rough. That's um, horrible. So. Hearts out to them guys. I know it's it's got to be tough because they're getting ready to go run. I think the Arca series is at Phoenix too, or somewhere on the West Coast. So, hearts out to the David Gill and teams because I'm sure it's going to affect everybody over there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Condolences. Anytime you have a death in the racing, anytime you have a death in the racing family, it it affects everybody. Yeah, it does. It does. It it really does. That's the Whether one thing that is that separates it's... it. Whether it's Formula One or street stocks, it, mm-hmm. it don't matter. We no. all come together as one. Yep. Yeah. That is the that is the truth about that. So yeah, condolences go out to them. So hopefully hopefully they can uh they can get through it. Thoughts and prayers with them, because yeah, that's that's a bummer. Yeah. And I when I seen the picture, so I was like, Oh, that's bad. That's real bad. Yeah, it is. So but all right, everybody, that's going to do it all for today's show. As always, you guys, thank you very much for joining us. Do us a favor, please head over, give us a like, a share. Make sure to download and subscribe because that really helps the show. we got a lot of things that we want to do, and the more that you guys share and download and subscribe, the, the bigger this gets, the more we can get it out to people, and the more stuff we can do. So please do that for us. And if you do, we will be back here next Thursday to do this all over again, as always. Thank you very much for joining us. Keith, have a good one, my man. I will see you next week. Sounds good. Everybody out there, stay safe. That's right. Stay safe. Take care.